0: Okay, so today's daf is Lamed Aleph in Yoma. We are about 12 lines from the bottom of Lamed Aleph Amud Aleph. We're a little bit ahead, but that's, that's good. Chamesh uh, tevilot v'asah kiddushin tovel. Speaking about the Kohen Gadol's uh, seder of tevilot and kiddushin. He has to wash his hands and feet. He has to, uh, he has to immerse in the mikveh. Every time that he changes his garments, uh, including the first time that he uh, puts them on, as we're, you know as we've seen, so, and, and that's part of what we're used to, it because we read the uh, Avodav, the Kohen Gadol on uh, Yom Kippur Musaf, and which says, uh, you know, Yerad V'taval Ve'alav many times. It's coming straight from the Mishnahs we see, even the language. Yeah, so Tanur Rabbanan, Chamesh Tevilot Tovel Kohen Gadol and He has to do ten, uh, five Tevilot, five full immersions in the and ten uh, kidushin, ten times that he washes his hands and feet on Yom Kippur. V'kolan Bakodesh, V'bait Parva all of them are in the, in a sanctified place. In other words, all of them are on the uh, on the actual grounds of the Bet Hamikdash in the Beta parva In that chamber, and the Mikveh there, <laughs> except for the first of Shaita B'Chol, which is actually in a place that is not consecrated, Al gabei Sharamayim on top of the Sharamayim on top of the gate. There's also Mikveh there. So, in other words, before he starts the Avodah, before he uh, the, the first one, the preliminary one, is done outside. That's, that's number one of the five tevilot. And that was on the side of, the, uh, of his chamber. So uh, the, um, that was the very first one. We learn from this. We learn from this that the spring that provided water. Uh, which is called En Etam. This spring of water that provided the water for the mikvaot of the Beit Hamikdash must have been elevated above ground of above the ground of the courtyard at least twenty-three amot. Uh, it was because we know that the, the, the height of the doors of the Betta Mekdash of every gate or opening was 20 amot, and the width was 10 amot, except for the ulam. The ulam was a little bit taller, but the ulam we're not talking about because the ulam is the entrance to the Kodesh. We're talking about the rest of the gates that enter into the Betta Mekdash itself. They were 20 amotai, Vitania, Vachatsuroba Maim, Bememikveh. So when it says, that he has to wash his flesh in water, it's talking about the water of a mikveh. And it says, it says all of his flesh, which means that it has to be water that his entire body can immerse in. As we've learned many times, in other words, the measurement of a mikveh is one by one amat at the height of three amot or three three. Cubic amot basically is the um, is the height. So is the is the volume of the, of the mikveh of water. So that comes out v'sheru chachamim me mikveh and The rabbis calculated that that's forty sana What's all of this calculation to tell you? All this calculation is to tell you that, that we said that the first mikveh that he immerses is in is on top of the gate shalomaim. Now, if it's on top of the gate, and we know that the gate is 20 amot high, so that means that this mikveh is at least 20, it starts at 20 amot high because it's on top of the gate. And, that, and if the yeah. mikveh itself has to be at least 3 amot high, because it has to be 3 amot by a length and width of 3 amot, but it has to have um, um, 1 amot rather, 1 amot by 1 amot in length and width, height of 3 amot, so that means it must go up 23 amot. That's not, obviously not including the thickness of the floor and the thickness of the ceiling, right? But uh, now, if the, if the water for this mikveh is supplied by a certain spring that is the uh, amayan, that is the source of the water, so obviously water flows downward, as we know, at least on our planet. And therefore, that means that the spring has to be at a higher elevation than this. So that's all, the, that's all Abayez is saying. Abayez is saying that it must be <clears throat> that the spring is located at least 23 amot from the floor, from ground level of the Bet HaMikdash. That doesn't mean ground level of the earth, because obviously the Bet HaMikdash itself is on a mountain, mm-hmm. right? But it means that it has to be 23 amot higher than the ground level, of, right, at least, because otherwise how would it flow down to the mikveh that is on the uh, top of the Shal uh, HaMayim, on the top of the gate of the of the Bet HaMikdash that's been uh, channeled there. So, Do we know that's all he's I don't think we know exactly which spring it is. Not that I know of. Somebody might have done research and found out, but I don't know. It could be that it's known, but I'm not sure. But we know that Yerushalayim, obviously, there's a lot of mountains there, and the Beit HaMikdash is not on the highest mountain. Right, it says uben ketefav shechid that the Beit HaMikdash is between the shoulders. Meaning there are other higher mountains, but the Beit Hamikdash is on one of the mountains, but not the highest. And so therefore, um, and so therefore, there's higher you know elevations there for sure in Yerushalayim. It's mountains all over, and, the, and, and, and that it's floating down. So there's hills, and there's other uh, there's other areas that are elevated from which this spring would, uh, you know, w- would be coming. The, um, now the Gemara, uh, so the question, so all that Abaye is making is an observation that basically if the uh, if the uh, Mikveh is supplied water from a spring that must be therefore elevated, standing at a higher elevation than uh, the Mikveh that is getting the water from there. That's all he's saying. Now, what about the ceiling and the floor underneath? That's uh, you know you have to have uh, some kind of a uh, support underneath, some kind of a ceiling on top. So it says <speaking Spanish> since the, the gates are made of marble, okay, they didn't have to have very great thickness. In other words, even a very thin layer of marble is strong enough to support the Megdash. He wouldn't need it now. What about that one mashu? Why doesn't he mention that it's twenty three plus? Why does he say it's only twenty three? It's really, it's 23 plus whatever that small amount is that's even higher. He was only being, uh, you know, saying something. He was making an approximation. He's just saying, oh, you could see from this that it must be at least 23 amot high this this uh, spring if it's going to supply water to uh, a mikveh that is at the height of 23 amot. he wasn't being so exact. In other words, it could be that 23.5 or whatever, but it doesn't even matter. The idea was, he was giving a general idea that it must be, coming from a higher position. Now, the Gemara said also that they would spread out, sadin they spread out a fabric of linen in front of the Kohen. In other words, because he's going on top of the Sharamayim, he's going on top of the gate to get, you know, to immerse. So he doesn't want to be exposed. So what they would do was they would put a curtain around, so that he would not be seen when he's going into the mikveh and would be made of linen. So it says, why did they pick specifically linen? Just like later on, Rav said regarding the second Tevilah, see this first Tevilah, what is he getting dressed in? He's getting dressed in the Big Day Zahav. We're going to learn more about it in the upcoming Dapim, exactly why he alternates and when he alternates and so on. The basic rule is that anything particular to the Kaparav Yom Kippur has to be with Big Day Lavan, has to be with the white garments, anything that is either a daily service, like something that's done every day, like Korban Tamid, or something which is only related to Yom Kippur as a holiday, meaning the Musaf, for example. Korban Musaf is on every holiday. It's not particular to Yom Kippur. It's not part of the special avoda of, of Kippur, right? It's just because it's a holiday, and all holidays have Musafin. Anything like that, he wears the Big, big Dei Zahav. That's the basic rule, okay? Anything particular, in other words, or another way to say it even you know, more simplistically than that, is that anything written in Parashat Acharymot? He wears Big Day Lavan basically, because Parashat Acharymot only describes the Avodah that is the uh, the atonement for Yom Kippur with the two Seirim and the, the going into the Kodesh Kodashim and the special Ketorah. Anything else that he does that, is, that isn't mentioned in Parashat Acharymot is going to be with the golden uh, clothing. Okay? The white. Life. Anything no, else? No, anything no, else? No, no. Together with the golden clothing. Anything in Parashat with the white clothing. No. Okay, that's a, but but the but what is mentioned in Parashat Dacharimot are the things that are for the special Kapparav Yom Kippur. Okay, anything that there's also on Shavuot a Musaf. You know, there's also a, there's also in Rosh Hashanah Musaf. He doesn't wear uh, a big day lavan, so he doesn't wear big day lavan in Yom Kippur either, right? So he, he wears big day zahav. So that that that's the rule. So even though this even though the Yom Kippur. A Musaf is unique, is different There's, He brings an extra ram That he doesn't normally bring or whatever It doesn't matter, it's still under the category of a Musaf It's not, if you look in the Halachot of the Rambam For example, who's a great at categorizing everything He puts everything very precisely He has Hilchot Midinu Musafin Halachav, the, the regular and the Musaf offerings And then he has something called Hilchot Avodat Yom Al-Kippurim. It's a separate thing Avodat Yom Al-Kippurim is unique Right? So now, the, so the um, so the, the point is that for the second change, when he changes the first time, changes the first time, he's coming out of his regular clothing. Since it's a Yom Tov, I'm going to assume he came in a suit, hat, suit, looking nice. It's uh, it's Yom Hi. Kippur tie. Maybe he's wearing a tuxedo. I don't know. It comes in. He has to take that off. Goes to the mikveh, gets into big day zahav. That's the first thing. Because the first thing he's going to do is like the koban tamid. You know, the things that are... Of course, it's very early in the morning when he gets there because we know that he starts he starts really, really early. Right? So, but he's... he uh, he And he didn't sleep that night. So, you know, he gets dressed in his chamber. He comes in and he does the mikveh, gets into the big day zahav, does the avodah. The next time he changes, right? The next time he changes is going to be into the Big Day Lavan. So Rav Kana had said, why do they spread out a linen cloth when he he goes to the mikveh to to change into the Big Day Lavan? It's because it it reminds him that, oh, I should make sure to put on the right clothing. So even though the first time it's not so relevant because he's actually going to be putting on the golden clothing, since there is an an inyan there, this idea of the Big Day Lavan that they, so they had also, um, when the first time he changes, he also wears the Big Day Lavan to kind of remind them that he's going to be having a special... Uh, uniform for that particular day. But that, that we're going to see as we go through the Gemara what the source is for all these clothing changes and why... Um, but, but the rule that I told you Is the basic rule That anything that exists On a day other than Yom Kippur Basically you would have Big days of have. It's a regular clothing Of the Kohen Gadol And anything that is Really particular to Yom Kippur Meaning it's part of that Special Avodav Kaprav Yom Kippur That's what he wears The white clothing Now Right just a reminder They could have used anything They could have used uh, Any kind of It was for that reason But why did they use that fabric Why didn't they use wool Why didn't they use uh, Any uh, leather It could be anything Right So Mishnah says yarad Now that sounds exactly like it was written in the uh, Avodat Yom Kippur that we read, right? On the, the Avodat the Musaf. Mm. He took off his clothes, meaning he takes off his regular clothing. In this case, it's not going to be jeans and a t shirt because it's Yom Kippur. He comes with a tuxedo, whatever, right? Pashat yarad He goes to the He comes up, he dries up. They bring Now he's going to do Avodah, so he, after he puts on his uh, golden clothing, he washes his hands and feet. They bring him the means to kill. The Gemara is going to talk about why it uses such a funny language. But basically what he did was what he does is that he has to um uh, he, he, uh, and uh, and it says So what happens is that the Kohen Gadol has to do everything on Yom Kippur. So there are certain things that it's a little bit difficult to do, both of them. For example, slaughtering a korban and also receiving the blood is very difficult to do. Also, remember, he has to use his right hand for everything. He's not allowed to like use two hands and all that. It would be, you know. So, how is he going to do this? So, what he does is he does the shechita of the two simanim. Basically, in other words, the trachea and the esophagus, they have to be cut in order for shechita to be good. We learned in Masachet Chulin, right? That's necessary. So, what he does is he starts the shechita as soon as he does the minimal amounts that he passes the first two simanim. Somebody is mirik aches gedo, somebody else takes over to finish the cutting, and he grabs the the, the vessel to receive the blood. There is a lot of coordination that did here. Probably they had to practice, do a lot of practice. You know choreography to uh, master this. It wasn't so simple. But they so he would he would start the shechita and as he's fin- like as he's getting to the minimal amount is done. Somebody else takes the knife. He takes the vessel to receive the blood. He receives the blood. Kibelet adab Uzrako, He throws the blood on the altar. Like then nichnas til Ketoret Shel Shachar. This is not talking about the morning. Uh, this is not talking about the Yom Kippur Ketorot, that he goes into the Kodesh Kodashim because he's wearing the golden clothing right now. This is part of the regular Avodah. What happens in the morning normally is that the Kohen, whoever is officiating that day on any day of the year, first does the Korban Tamid, the blood of the Korban Tamid, and then does the the daily Ketorot of the regular Ketorot we're talking about in the Kodesh, not the Kodesh Kodashim, the regular Ketorot, and he also sets up the candles. There's a big Machloket between the Rambam and everybody else, whether he also lights the candles in the morning, or whether only there's candle lighting at night, um, and he's just setting up the candles. Either way, he goes in to, set, to, to deal with, I would say deal with the nerot of the menorah of the morning. And then he brings the head and the limbs of the korban tamid to the altar. Also has to bring the chavitin, which is the Kohen Gadol's daily uh, baked sacrifice that he brings, the daily mincha of the Kohen Gadol, Right, and then he has to bring also the wine libation that goes together with the uh, that goes together with the korban tamid every day. So the uh, so all of these things the kohen gadol does first and foremost. Now we say, now it says uh, the, that when was the keteret done? shall shall So in the morning the keteret was done. Between the application of the blood to the altar and the placing of the limbs on the altar, like we just saw, he puts it. He slaughters the korban tamid. He puts the blood on the altar before before he puts the limbs of the korban tamid onto the altar. He goes and he does the ketorot, and then he comes back and he puts the limbs on the altar in the afternoon. He first puts the limbs on the altar, then does the ketorot, and then puts the nisachim, the flour and the and the wine. He puts. After that, but the so that's difference in the order, but that has nothing directly to do with Yom Kippur. If the if the Kohen Gadol was either old, which could be the case, especially if a Kohen Gadol was serving for many years, he gets older, and you know he has a long life, so he uh, that or he was Istanis, he was very sensitive. Some people are very sensitive to the cold, so <laughs> So before Yom Kippur, they would heat up uh, for him some uh, some kind of a uh, uh, you know, uh, hot water, they would put it in... Right, what? They put in Right, they would put it into the water so that it wasn't so cold. Because you remember that we're talking about Jerusalem in, in September, October. It's not that warm. I mean, it's not that cold. It's not as cold as December, January. But it's not that warm. And it's in the mountains. And it's the middle of the night, especially the first one. It's still really nighttime. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. It's early... So he's uh you know he's uh it, it's it's very early so he or I mean yeah and the what did they say they do it uh they I mean the korban the adeshen, they're doing very very early on the uh on anyomki yeah, right that? Who did he also did it he did it yeah did so it he's mean, doing it he's doing uh, it very early why mention right, It doesn't mention here because it's already ta- talking about the korban tamid parts it talked about the edition before the kohan, the kohan, the kohan. yeah so he so what he does is he is when when he goes because apparently the first Tevilan, everything was only before the korban tamid he had to go do the Chumat edition in the morning but that was that was before the yeah before it seems like yeah uh, so so that's what it sounds yeah it sounds like he, I assume the big days are like normal yeah but they said yeah. he has to wear he has to wear regular tradition. big day kill oh, not for that regular, regular big day kilt <laughs> 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 Uh, to warm the water? No, they heated something before, and they warmed the water. They didn't heat it up. Heating up water to be boiling, like to be actually no, cooking, water, be it just takes off the chill of it. It's not going to no, be. No, it, if you have cold, if you have some cold water and you take a little warm water, you put it in to warm it up. It doesn't. Uh, they heated it up beforehand, so they're just pouring from one. Yeah. So it says they put it into this uh, area. That, you know, to, that it would heat up, it would warm up the water a little bit. It doesn't make it very hot. If they cooked the water, that would be a mlecha. But if they're just taking off the chill of the water, it's okay. So they took off the chill of the water a little bit if he was older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, not, it's not saying that, they, that it was hot. Not, it wasn't a jacuzzi. Right. Right. It's just uh, taking off the, the chill. So that he doesn't freeze. Now, Amruar Ban of Papa, the Rabbi said in front of Papa the following Ah Rabbi Me'ir. This Mishnah does not follow Rabbi Me'ir. Why not? How can you tell? The E Rabbi Amar Vishavilo. Because you notice in the Mishnah that he only washes his hands and feet one time. Right? It says that he went to the mikveh, he takes off his clothes, he goes to the mikveh, he puts on the new clothing, and then he washes his hands and his feet. Right? davar davaglab. So the question is, if he, uh, according to Rabbi Meir, the Talmidim are saying, according to Rabbi Meir, both the kiddush Yadav and Raglav relate to the putting on of the new clothes. The question is, mo- most of the time, normally the Kohen Gadol is taking off clothing and then putting on clothing. He takes off, so when he when he's going to take it off, he washes his hands and his feet, and then when he's going to put on the new ones, he puts on the new ones and then he washes his hands and his feet. Here he took off big day chol, and then he puts on the big day kodesh. So it says he has to wash his hands and his feet only one time. So it says according to Rabbi Meir he should actually have to wash two times because according to Rabbi Meir both the kiddushi adav raglav is going on what comes after it, and since he is going to be putting on big day zav he should have to wash his hands and feet before putting on the big day zav. And then, after he puts them on, he should wash his hands and feet again. Not only one time, like it says here, that he washes his hands and his feet only once, after putting on the Big day Zahav. According to the Chachamim, it's only once. But because they say that it has to do with only the, uh, that, that normally the first washing of the hands and feet has to do with the previous clothing. And here the previous clothing was Big day Chol, so there's no need. But according to Rabbi Meir, that it has to do with the upcoming clothing, you have to do two for the upcoming clothing. So therefore, you should have to wash your hands and your feet twice when you're putting on the big day zahav the first time. He said to them, no, not necessarily. Everybody agrees that one of the two washings of the hands and feet that is done is done for the, for the, uh, the removal of the, clo- of the previous clothing. And that's why nobody says that in the first dressing he has to wash twice. Because the, the, what he took off was big dechot. Here is the It says he has to take off his clothing. And he washes and he puts on new clothing. That Rabbi Meir says just like when it when it says in the pasuk, it compares taking off. To putting on, so just when it comes to putting on, he has to put on the new clothes, and then he does kiddush Adayim V'raglayim. So, to when he takes off the clothing, he takes off the clothing, and then he does, uh, and then he does uh, uh, the kiddush Adayim for But both of them really are, uh, agree that it relates to the previous clothes. According to the rabbis, when he's dressed, he washes his hands and his feet. In other words, the 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 according to um, they all they all agree that one washing of hands is going on the previous clothing that he removed, and one washing of hands is going on the new clothing that he put on. The question is, when should he do it? Should he do it after he takes off the first clothing, and washes his hands again, and or does he do it after he puts on the after he puts on the clothing, he he, he washes his hands? But everyone agrees that it has to do with the previous one. So Rashi uh, explains here. He says, um, he says, "Uparshatik uh, the pasuk then says he washes and he gets dressed again. Right, so it says the two kiddush, the two washings of the hands. Rabbi Meir says kiddush. So he says. Uh, he says, they compare the washing of the hands of the taking off of the clothes to the washing of the hands of putting on. When you put on the new clothes, let's say you're going from gold to, to, to white, so you put on the white clothing and then you wash your hands and feet and then you go do whatever you're going to be doing in the white clothing. Right? So he says, similarly, uh, so he says, so according to Rabbi Meir, what you do is, you you put on your, uh, you. Uh, he says, everyone agrees that that's what you do, but when do you do the first so he says you should take off clothes, then you do your uh, your washing of the hands and feet, and then you put on the new clothes, and then you wash your hands and feet again. Okay, that's what Rabbi Meir says you do. but And the Chachamim say no. What you do is that uh, uh, that you have to. Uh, oh, where is it where it explains? Oh, he doesn't explain. The, oh, Lavush Mekadesh. Right? So they say no. When you're dressed, you do it. Okay? Right. Right, so that means yeah, that you second. that right, so that means that you. Uh, that, so but everyone Rebbe agrees, mean, though. Everyone's agreeing that it has to do with the removal ra- of previous clothes. No, no. If you want to do it before, well, once it takes off, wash and okay, you wash yeah, again. He, said, no, he not, washes what? one after another? Rabbi Meir is saying you take off, you wash your hands and feet, yeah, you go the to the mikveh, you come out, you put on the new one. While you're dressed, right? Let's say going to white to gold, he washes hands. Take then take it off the gold. Then it goes in the mikveh. Not just, right. just said it. He's law saying law. it's comparing. He's saying just like at the end, you're gonna wash your hands and feet when yeah. you're dressed. So you should do that also when you're taking off. You should wash your hands and feet. Take them off. In other words, it's out of respect for your, that you're handling the clothes. Maybe you could look at it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? right. So you're you're, you're gonna be taking it off. So you wash your hands and feet. Maybe you one take one off. taking off his clothes. Maybe touches body. Right. I oh, right. I see. Yeah. Then of is going to the mikveh anyway. After that, he's going to the mikveh anyway. After that. The two different. Yeah. Right, the, right. Right, no, it's not because of that, yeah. Anyway, he's going to go to the McVen between anyhow. Exactly. Right, so, so the question is if they both have to do, according to R- R- Papa, they both have to do with the removal of the clothes. The question just I- is Before do you wash your hands and feet and then take off the clothing? Out of Sort of like, out of respect, I'm going to be t- handling these ho- clothing. You, c- you could think of it that way. It doesn't exactly say that, but I'm saying you could think of it that way. That he's taking off the clothing, and then he goes to the mikveh, and then he comes up, and then he gets dressed, and then he washes hands and feet with the new, the new one. Or, according to you know, he takes off his clothing, then washes his hands and feet. It's almost like uh, he's, he's showing saying goodbye to the, to, to the previous clothing, something like that. And then he goes to the mikveh, then he gets dressed, and then he washes his hands and feet again to resume the avodah. But according to this, everyone agrees that the washing of the hands and feet, the first one, has to do with saying goodbye to the previous clothing. It's just when you do it. Do you do it while you're still wearing them or you do it after you took them off? Okay? That, that would be the question. Now, he said that now, uh, that's, that's how they, uh, uh, but the Papa, but the rabbis didn't like this. They said Umi How could you say that? It says in the bright exact like we said. This is what we said in our Mishnah, right? That they, they made a curtain. He goes into the mikveh, right? comes up. That it says that after he came up from the mikveh, he washes his hands and feet. And we said, what's the, that, what were the students saying the reason was? That he only has to wash his hands and feet once. Because since he didn't remove anything that was holy, he, does, he only has to wash his hands and feet after he puts on the new begadim. Because what he was wearing before was not holy. Okay? Mm-hmm. However, Rabbi Meir, according to Rabbi Meir, first he takes off the clothing that he was wearing, even though it was big dechol. Then he washes his hands and feet. Then And then he goes to the mikveh. And then he comes up and he dries up. And then, he puts up, then after he puts on the new clothing, he has to wash his hands and feet again. In other words, that's clear. It's clear that according to Rabbi Meir, it doesn't have to do with the, the kavod of the first garments that you were wearing. It has to do with preparation for the new garments you're going to be putting on. That Basically, it's almost like the kiddush yadayim v'ragayim is part of the tevilah, almost. Like you're washing your hands and feet and you're going to the mikveh then you're coming up. It's, it, it has nothing to do with what you are wearing before was big dechol. That doesn't matter. Amar what does our Papa say? He's not like one of the rabbis today who would say, no, I'm still right. It doesn't matter. Right? He says, no. itanya That's what it says in the bright. Fine, I accept it. Then I, I was wrong. I, I tried to, to, to defend my position, but I was wrong. In other words, the bottom line is that according to, the, according to Rabbi Meir, it has nothing to do with the previous clothing. The first for adayim and the second one, they both have to do with what you're about to do. Okay? Uh, whereas according to Rabbi, uh, according to Chachamim, the Kiddush Adim the first one has to do with what you took off, and therefore, and since here you only took off big dechol, there's no reason to, uh, there's no reason for the person to uh, uh, to do Kiddush Adim for the first time. Okay, it's kind of similar to the, that whole question about the Kaddish before the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh, right? Is it going on the Musaf? If it's going on the Musaf, you should take off Tfilin before, because the, Kiddush, the Kaddish is going on the Musaf. Right? If it's going on what's coming ahead, so, you, so that's why some people have the minhag take off the, the tefillin before the Kaddish. Others say, no, 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 that Kaddish is the conclusion of the Shachrit. So therefore we should wait till after that and then take off the tefillin. That's a similar, uh, similar issue. Sometimes something's in the middle. You can't tell what it's connected to, what came before or what came after. In any case, they Now you have another problem. That we have a tradition that there are ten times of washing the hands and feet. Now, if every time he gets dressed, he gets dressed five times, right? He gets dressed five times, including the first time. Now, if in the first time there's only one washing, like the Chachamim have only one washing in the first time. So there's only nine. Because the first time he gets dressed in the golden clothing, he only did one hand, hand washing. Right? Second time he does two, third time, two fourth time two, fifth time two. Right? So, but it's still going to turn out that there's only nine. According to Rabbi Meir, that even the first time you wash your hands twice, good. so good, he's going to have ten. So it says, It says, No, there is one more time. That at the end, when he takes off for good, when he finally removes his clothing... To go back into his, his big day chol, his regular clothing, or his big day Shabbat, of course, because it's Yom Tov, but they call it big day chol because it's not big day kihuna. Then he has to wash his hands one more time. And that's actually what's written in the, uh, in the Seder Avodah. The last time he washes, because you might have thought that since he's done now, what does he have to do? He's taking off the big day kihuna. Why does he have to wash his hands um, you know, to, to take off the big day when all he's going to do is uh, go into his jeans and his whatever? He's going into his regular clothing. It's the Avodah is over. Nope. Anytime he's removing the clothing, Again, since they hold that it has to do with the removal of the clothing, right? That's why the first time they say he doesn't have to do kiddush adin because what he's removing is regular clothing. Right. So the last time, though, even though the avodah is basically over, he's taking off the big day Kahuna, so he has to wash one more time. So, so Rabbi, Rabbi Meir will have an extra one the first time, apparently, because he holds that it has to do with what you're putting <laughs> on. on, right? But the last time he won't have it because there's nothing putting on. Right, because you're not because you're not putting on the big day kodesh anymore. You're you're finished. But according to the Chachamim, that it goes by what you're taking off. Since you're taking off the big day kodesh for the last time, you're also gonna to have to wash kiddush adin b'raglaim. Last time, last time, last time, he, he washes before taking off the clothes and after. Uh, he, before he takes it off. yeah, yeah. So tenu rabban, Aaron el ol moed lemah u'ba'ain u'ba'lo tzia takafet amachta. It says that Aaron goes back into the ol moed. Right, that Pasuk is talking about after most of the avodah of the day. It says, It says that he goes into the Oil Moed and he takes off his clothes and leave it there. So obviously that cannot be literal. He doesn't go into the oil moed and become naked. You know it, says, it sounds like he just wears the white clothing into the oil moid, takes off his clothes in there. That's not what it, that can't be true. Vini and when he leaves the clothing in the oil moid, that that would it becomes a locker room. It can't be. Right? So what does it mean? So it says uh, this parashah. This is the only pasuk that's out of order in the entire seder avodah. Now, the interesting thing is, if you read parashat achremot, it sounds like everything is done in one continuous process. In other words, it just talks about him wearing the white clothing, doing everything, and then being finished with the white clothing. But actually, he switches back and forth between the white and the gold several times. But you wouldn't know that if you just read the what it says in Parashat Um so my so, so this is out of order. My what's the reason? That it has to be that there's an interruption. How does it actually work? He puts on the big day zahab and he does the morning uh, service basically the regular morning service. Then he switches into the big day lavan and he does everything that we're used to as the Yom Kippur highlights. You know he does the 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 the, the, the viduyim, or the confessions on the different animals. He goes into the kodesh. He does those korban. He does the sirim. He goes into the kodesh He comes out. Then viyata the asat olatovet olata'am. He has to then do. The, basically the Musaf Korbanot, and including his own ram and the ram of the people, which is really incorporated in the Musaf. So he has to change back into the Big Day Zav again. Okay? Then he has to change back into the Big Day Lavan, but for a very unusual reason. Why does he have to change it to the Big Day Lavan again He's for the third? Out. Just to go take the pan that he left in the Kodesh HaKodeshayb. He doesn't actually have to do anything. He just has to go take out the pan that he left in the Kodesh HaKodeshayb. Right? And then come out again. So he has to switch back into the Big Day Zahav to finish the afternoon offerings that are the regular offerings. So they're done in the Big Day Zahav. So in other words, if we wanted to be economical and we read the Torah as it's written simply, what would happen here is that he does the morning service. He switches into the Big Day Lava. So that's in the Big Day Zahav, golden clothing. Then he could switch into the Big Day Lavan and do everything, including removing the, 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 the pant. Could have done everything in the Big Day Lavan in one shot. Then switch into Big Day Zahav, do the musaf. Do the, the, the afternoon service and you only have to change two times. You don't have to change another two. You, you, you So, But because we have a tradition that there's five changes, so therefore he has to go into the golden clothing for the morning. Go into the white clothing for the special Yom Kippur service. Go into the golden clothing for the Musaf. Go into the white clothing to retrieve the, the Makhtag. Go into the golden clothing to finish the daily service of the afternoon. Okay? that So he has to switch. It ends up being five changes just because of the retrieval of what he left in the uh in the kodesh, kodesh so that that's why it's saying that pasuk that he comes to oil moed and he changes his clothing is telling you that 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 pasuk is out of order meaning really actually he changes his clothing another time after he did the musaf korbanot in order to go retrieve what he needs to retrieve in the big day Lavan. but every in other words just to have that fifth Change of clothing, or the fourth and the fifth changes of clothing, the, the Torah introduces this extra thing that he has to go in and retrieve the uh, uh, retrieve the fire pen in the in the in the white uh, garments. Okay, so that's the that, that's the chidush. So when you read the Torah, you have to have that in mind. That's so to speak out of order, right? So he says, otherwise you would have only three tevilot and six times washing hands and feet because you would be able to uh, consolidate everything into just three uh, different segments. Okay, but we'll continue here tomorrow with the...